Hi, and welcome to Nice Young People, where grown-ass adults review young adult books. This week we're reviewing Lies My Girlfriend Told Me by Julianne Peters, and Yancina will tell us a little bit more about the book. When Alex's charismatic girlfriend, Swane, dies from sudden cardiac arrest... I can't remember, what did we decide last time? Was it Swane or Swane? I've been thinking Swane the whole time. Swane or Swane? Swane. Swanee. Liz? Yeah, I think that's how I've been saying it too. Swanee? Okay. When Alex's charismatic girlfriend, Swanee, <laughs> dies from <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I think you're just like determined to say it that way no matter what. Just stick with it. I think it. it's just, I think it's my like brief period of, of flirting with learning French makes me want to pronounce it like that. <laughs> I just Go want there it. to be an accent on that first E, and I just want to pronounce it like that. So whatever, we're just going with it. <laughs> Everyone's going to know who we're talking about. When Alex's charismatic girlfriend, Swane, dies from sudden cardiac arrest, Alex is overcome with despair. As she searches Swane's room for memories, for mementos of their relationship, she finds Swane's cell phone, pinging with dozens of texts sent from a mysterious contact, L of T. The most recent text reads, Please tell me what I did. Please, Swan. Te amo. I love you. Shocked and betrayed, Alex learns that Swanee has been leading a double life, secretly dating a girl named Liana the entire time she's been with Alex. Alex texts Liana from Swanee's phone, pretending to be Swanee in order to gather information before finally meeting face-to-face to break the news. Brought together by Swanee's lies, Alex and Liana become closer than they thought possible, but Alex is still hiding the truth from Liana. Alex knows what it means to what it feels like to be lied to, but will coming clean to Liana mean losing her too? Alright. First thoughts? Initial initial reactions? Um, I liked it. <laughs> I don't know. I enjoyed it. I thought it was, um, I know you compared it to the other book that we did that I can't remember the title of right now. History's All You Left Me by that one. Adam Silvera. Yeah. Compared to that one, I definitely like this one a lot better. Um, yeah, I liked it. I liked all the stuff with Alex and Liana. Liana? Was that it? I think it was. Liana, yeah. Um, but everything was swanny. Everything could just, you know, go burn in a fire. <laughs> Strong Did opinion from Candies. Did not enjoy it. <laughs> Yeah, I found it interesting. Like, I really liked some parts of it, but I also really didn't like other parts. And I felt like it never really coalesced into a cohesive whole that I could really enjoy. Mm-hmm. Also, like, you just spend the entire novel waiting for the other shoe to ro- drop and for Liana to find out that Alex lied to her about texting. And that's just such a frustrating. Also, that the entire situation was such a frustrating lie mm-hmm. because it was so unnecessary. I think the fact that it was set up um, when she first finds out about LT, um, she finds out, she finds the phone, it takes her a whole day to look for pictures on the phone, which is weird because this is a teenager, I mean, you know, that's the first thing they're going to look for. Um, And then she wants to know more, but then she also doesn't want to call. It's like, well, if you just call and say, I'm Swanny's girlfriend, and then LT says, so am I, you're going to find out more information really quickly. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you're gonna know everything you need to know straight away. So it just felt like completely unnecessary that she goes through this whole rigmarole and then it stretches out over the course of the book. On which note, 
was it just me or did it feel like this book could have been novella length? <laughs> I'm not actually sure what filled an entire novel because nothing really seems to happen. I feel like you have that complaint a lot. I do. <laughs> but in this case, I actually agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, I want stuff to happen and nothing happens. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it felt like it just, like, set up a lot of stuff and then never went as far as it could have with anything. Yeah, I do agree with that. I think with the, yeah, I don't know, the cell phone thing wasn't, I don't know, I feel like it was made to be, like, more dramatic than it actually was. Like, I don't know why she didn't just tell her to begin with, like, hey, like, whoops, that was me. Sorry. <laughs> like... <laughs> I mean, she didn't really, did she really say anything in those text messages that was, like, that, I mean, yeah, it was terrible that she made her think that she was still alive, but, I mean, I think Liana would have understood, like, you just found out that your girlfriend was talking and, like, was, uh, had another girlfriend or, like, whatever, like, yeah, maybe you wouldn't just, like, come out right at first and be like, hey, what's going on here, like, I don't know. I think she would have understood if she just told her from the beginning, but... I think the thing that bothered <laughs> me the most about that setup is that Alex was trying to be so considerate of this LT, like, before she knew who Liana was, she was trying to be considerate of her feelings and being like, oh, I shouldn't text her and tell her that Sané is dead, but then she just lies to her for two weeks, and I'm like, what are you, do you care about her feelings or not? Because that is a very, very much a huge dick move to, like make her think that she was still alive. Like, the scene where um, Liana forgives uh, Alex for those lies, I was like, girl, I would be so fucking pissed, I would never speak to this person again. I was like, I can't believe you're forgiving her. And not even, like, forgiving her after Alex reached out and apologized, but she comes back to Alex and is mm -hmm. like, I forgive you because of these reasons. And I'm like, no, girl. Uh-uh. <laughs> Love yourself, stop dating these <laughs> shitty white girls. <laughs> On that note, I think, I completely agree with you, and I think it's mostly because not only did she lie about not knowing, you know, how these texts were sent, but she knows that Liana assumes it's just. So she's just going along for, and I think it was like six weeks they've been together at that point, just knowing that Liana is blaming this girl who had nothing to do with it. That is cold. And segue alert, speaking of Juss, what the hell is up with that storyline? Because I assumed she'd have something to do with the whole reveal. She'd be like, it wasn't me, and then Liana would find out and that would kick off. That didn't happen. And then there's the whole thing about her sleeping with this older guy and all sorts, and nothing happened with that. Why? <laughs> <laughs> Out of all the characters in the book, the ones I wanted to know more about the most was definitely Liana and Joss. And especially Joss had all of these really intense fucking things going on and all mm -hmm. these really intense details about her life revealed. And then because she's like the secondary character that was really peripheral to the romance that Alex is building with Liana, we don't hear anything more about all this shit like her sleeping with the older guy and her having, like, using all these drugs and her, like mental issues and all this stuff that's going on with her and we just like get all these salacious details but with no follow through and no like resolution of what's going on with her 
I really expected, you know, at the beginning when she's like looking through the photos on Swanee's phone and she sees the photo of Joss exposing herself, I was really expecting that to be a much bigger plot point than it was because it was such a weird decision for her to not delete it that I was really expecting that to come up and be like a lot bigger of a deal, but then it's revealed later that Joss sent that photo or sent that photo to a guy who then sent it to absolutely everyone, so Alex would have seen it before, but she acted like she was like, I don't know what this is doing on Swanee's phone, but like she knows why it was on Swanee's phone. And then like Joss is really shocked to see it, and I'm like, I don't understand anything that's going on with this entire thing about this photo. <laughs> and like that because okay, so what I was expecting was because before it was revealed that everyone had seen and had that photo, mm -hmm. I thought it was going to be like, when she got the photos printed, it was going to be like, Joss was going to be like, hey, I know that this photo was only on Swanee's phone. Mm -hmm. Why the fuck do you have a printed out copy of it? You must have Swanee's phone. Like, that was kind of how I was expecting that, that to play out. And then it was just like, no, nope, every, like, what? What was the point of that? It had no, like, resolution. It was set up to be something that was, like, part of a dramatic reveal, and then no. The Alex's reaction to that photo just, in general, was troubling, because I highlighted a line that just hit me the wrong way when she says that the photo went viral and totally ruined Joss's rep. Like, is that what you're going to think when your girlfriend's sister has this horrible thing happen to her? and it's distressing, even if it happened before you knew it, and it's distressing, and then your only thought is, eh, it ruined her rep. Like, I don't, I think I just had a problem with Alex overall, because the way that she acted and reacted to things just seemed really uncaring. Is that unfair of me to say? No, oh, she just seems so overwrought and dramatic all the time. Like, when she's like having this absolutely insane reaction to Swanee's dying, I'm like, okay. And then it's like, they've been dating for six weeks. And I'm like, what? Mm -hmm. Like, that was a detail that really threw me because her reaction was really intense and not to like invalidate anyone's reactions or grieving process or whatever, but six weeks mm -hmm. and you're like going to be that crazy about it. And, like, her reaction also to Ethan choking, and then she was afraid to be alone with him. Oh, I guess I get that, but also sometimes I'm like, eh. Yeah, she was yeah. A, a bit over dramatic. I just kind of chalked it up to being them being fictional teenagers, but I don't know. I know I wasn't the most, like, over dramatic teenager, but I was like, maybe other people were like this. <laughs> Everyone except us three, apparently. <laughs> no, I, I mean, as a teenager, I stayed well out of drama. I didn't have the time or patience for it. Um, so yeah. I guess maybe I just can't relate to that. But What did you guys think of the sort of slow reveal of how um, manipulative and abusive Swanee was? Like, what I a shitty think... person she was. I liked that. I liked... Um that she was slowly broken down. I don't feel like it was... It's one of those things where you either have big things happen and, you know, um, I'm trying to think of an example. But you know, like you find out something massive and then it's like, whoa. <laughs> and then there's fallout from that. Or there's just loads of little things and this book felt like it's trying to put both of those together. So, like, she's being broken down by both Alex's 
thoughts and Leanna's thoughts. And for me, I think what Leanna thought of her and what she found out seemed far more interesting than what Alex found out mm-hmm. because there was just so much more going on. They'd been together longer. And so I wanted to know more about that. Like, how did they get to the point where they were like, let's get married? Because that was far more interesting than Alex and her six weeks and, you know, a bit of skiing. But we never got to really get into that. Honestly, I think I would have preferred the book if it was told by Liana's perspective instead of Alex's. Yeah. Yeah, same. (laughs) Also, and this is definitely something where it's like, reveals how much of a broke bitch I am. But the entire thing where she found all the cash under her bed and just left it there and then also didn't tell Joss about it bothered me so much. It still bothers me. I'm like, but there was so much money there. (laughs) Also, like, it was interesting, too, to not only see, like, how abusive Swanee was, but also the reveal of how fucking abusive Jewel was Mm -hmm. to Joss, particularly. And even that wasn't really touched on it's just like oh she's a bit weirder than I thought yeah see that's another thing where it was like this sort of look into Joss's life that makes you like be like oh I want to know more about like how awful Jewel is to her and then it's like and no Alex is annoyed by Joss and doesn't want to see her like I appreciate the fact that she told her mum but what was supposed to come of that oh I was just gonna say I think it would have been a a lot more interesting of a book as a whole, as if it wasn't told from, if it was told from like anybody but Alex's point of view, basically. <laughs> <laughs> I did feel like there was a bit uh, a dash of uh, weird sort of demonization of polyamory as well in the reveal that mm-hmm. uh, Swanee's parents had an open marriage and then Alex is like, oh, no wonder they're so fucked up, they have an open marriage. And I'm like, um, bitch. <laughs> mm-hmm. I agree. There was just, there was a load of weird little things like that though, like um, how Joss is just, the word slut was applied to her so many times, um, the part where, have I made a note of that? Um, Alex said something about their LGBT group and she's like, if they start to throw glitter, I'm out of here. And it's like, so many like little tiny aggressions just running throughout what is your problem why are you like this I don't understand and her dad as well okay just completely veering off for a moment here um Alex's dad the way he acts with her I was assuming something was going to come of that and we'd get an explanation or them talking it through or something and nothing actually happened do you understand what what I don't what guys (laughs) <laughs> no, totally, because, like, it was mentioned a lot, this sort of being, like, oh, they're, like, how really, like, unaffectionate relationship, like, not that he doesn't love her, but, like, that they don't physically touch, or they don't show affection in certain ways, and, like, that was mentioned so many times, and I was really expecting them to have, like, her to have a breakdown, and then to have a heart-to-heart at some point, or something, and then it was like, nope. I feel like the explanation was supposed to be that he didn't like Swanee being in her life, but then why would he just be cold and not touch her or want to be near her or I don't I don't understand how that works I was also really expecting it to be revealed at some point that Ethan had choked so that she would get that absolution from her parents and not just Mm -hmm. Leanna because I feel like as much as I like Leanna it would be a way more meaningful absolution of her actions if it came from her parents Mm -hmm. but no 
we just never touched on. Yeah, I felt like there was like a lot of things that they directions that could have gone and then like all these like potential things and then they were just never followed through on. But I feel like every time we like read something I'm like, I like this and then we bring up all these points and it was like, Yeah, but I could have liked it like a lot better if they would have just like <laughs> finished like half the things that were started. <laughs> It does seem to be a bit of a theme. Yeah, I feel like I'm too nice about some of the books, even though I've only given some of them, like, two out of five stars, but I'm just like, oh, I liked it, but yeah, they really could have done this a lot better, like, <laughs> every single I know, time. I rated, I rated this book four out of five stars on Goodreads when I finished it, and even as I was doing that, I was like, I'm definitely going to lower this, probably even before we record the podcast, and then even more while we discuss it on the podcast. <laughs> Like, right now I'm hovering around, like, two and a half stars, I think. Yeah, I think because that's where it's dropped, too. <laughs> there were some points that were good, like, Alex and Liana, if you take it out of context, forget about Swanee for a moment, their relationship, I really liked. I liked the way it built, I liked the way they interacted with each other. It was nice. <laughs> and <laughs> it was refreshing in the way it was treated like just a relationship. There was no, no whole coming out story or anything. It was great. And then, like, you have everything else that you add on, and it just, like, pushes the star rating down slowly. <laughs> just yeah. weighs on it and forces it down. Because the rest of it was just shit. I'm sorry. Yeah, I really, really like their relationship. I, like, the, their sense of humor's meshed really well, I think. And all the interactions between them were, like, really respectful of each other's feelings. And, well, aside from Alex being a shithead for that huge chunk of it. But, um, and yeah, like you said, it was so nice to not have a coming out plot line in a book with three main characters who are female and queer to not have a coming out plot line was absolutely delightful. And I really, really enjoyed the way that, um, Liana was very Catholic and that, like, she was Catholic and gay and there wasn't anything remarkable about that and I really enjoyed that. Alright, one thing I wanted to touch on with you guys was... Uh, the use of technology. Mm -hmm. I wanted to know if you guys found it as jarring as I did because it read to me like someone who's not all that used to using it. So you'd have things like they disconnected from their texts and um, at one point I think it was Liana hung up and Swanee stayed on the line on a mobile phone which I didn't quite understand. <laughs> And she's like, go on her computer and link to Facebook. It's like, you could just type Facebook. I just, I, I felt like it read like something from the early 2000s. At one point, I actually did go back and check what year it came out. Because it read like it was written in the early 2000s when all this stuff was shiny and new and nobody quite knew the terms to use. Yeah. <laughs> was it just me or did you guys also no. find that? I definitely found that. I remember very clearly at one point where she was like texting and then she was like, no, I shouldn't send it. And it was like, and then she ended the call and I was like, what? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I was going to ask you if, if that was just a mistake or what. <laughs> I feel like that must be just an editing error because I was like, uh, no. <laughs> but yeah, there was definitely a lot of times where I was like, uh, that's not how people communicate. And like, unless teenagers are suddenly calling each other <laughs> a lot more than any of my friends do. 
no one fucking calls each other anymore. Like, they were like, oh, she, like, texted her three times and left a voicemail when she was out of class for half an hour. I was like, who <laughs> does that? Yeah, I don't think I ever call my friends unless it was, like, I was at a thing last night and I couldn't find them. And I was like, well, they're not picking up and I know that they're, like, here. Like, I'll call. Like, that is, like, the only time that I'll call somebody. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> Same. That is literally the only time I call someone is if I'm yeah. in a crowd and I'm trying to find them. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Maybe maybe we're just too old now, and things have changed like dramatically, and they're suddenly all calling each other again. Maybe the youths are all calling each other. I feel like that's not true though. No. <laughs> no. Although I'm saying no. My sister, she's what twenty twenty one. She's never off her phone. They her and her friends call each other constantly so maybe <laughs> maybe we're missing something oh maybe my we're god just maybe we are just anxiety ridden all the anxiety ridden uh, put that on my tombstone but like I didn't like how when they were texting just the way um that it was like formatted um cause like I've just like read other books where it had um where it, either it was like images or it was just like set apart from like the main text sort of and it like seemed to just look better more like pleasing to read when you're reading like text messages or like emails or like something like that in a book um this was too like too much a part of the text for me i would have liked it formatted differently also, I feel like this is something that is not really, it's going to be outdated as soon as you do it, but it does bother me that no one uses text speak and stuff like that. I don't mind it because I never <laughs> use text speak. I, See, I, I, might, I might use internet abbreviations if I'm really in a hurry, but I like <laughs> writing longhand, <laughs> long form. It's funny, I, cause I, I mean, we all know a lot of English major nerds, and I've had a lot of friends who'll be like, oh yeah, you know, I always text in complete sentences, it bothers me so much when people text me and, like, don't, and I'm like, texting me must be a nightmare for you, because there's not a single completely typed out word in any text that I send, and it's like 50% emojis. And I always wonder, kind of, too, how, how you could integrate emojis into books. I don't know. Again, that's something where I'm like, could you do that? Is it worth doing? Maybe not, but, like, they are very much a part of our culture now, not even just in text messages, but, like, on Twitter and Facebook and stuff like that. I want to see a book where people, like, text oh, each other with, like, memes that. and stuff, like how people do today. Oh. Like, I think that'd be hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> you could not put memes in a book. It would be outdated the second yeah, be you so did funny, it. though. <laughs> <laughs> I saw someone trying to read it five years later and they're like why did they rate this five out of seven it's like shit now we've got to explain to you it'll happen one day someone's gonna do it someone's gonna write a book all about memes it's gonna be me <laughs> so this is a, this is the second time we've had a book that actually um referred to Facebook by name. Mm -hmm. 
So that's interesting to see because the authors didn't used to do that ever, so I wonder if that's becoming more common now for them to actually name the social media and not just make a parallel, obvious parallel account. I mean, I feel like it's... I feel like at this point, like, Facebook has been around for so long that it's, like, one of the safe things to refer to that people are going to know about. So I don't feel like it's ever... I mean, I'm sure it'll be outdated at some point, but I feel like it'll still be well-known enough that people will understand what it what it is or was or whatever. Mm-hmm. Did make a movie about it. Or at least a movie about how Mark Zuckerberg is an asshole. Mm. What'd you guys think of Swanee's brother? <laughs> right? Isn't that so fucking weird? I... Th- I was expecting something to come of that, but nothing did. I mean, I kind of enjoyed it as sort of the weird background brother character, teenage brother character, who's just being like a fucking weirdo the entire time. But we don't even get to see it. It's like, it sounds like it'd be really fun, but then we, what, we see him once and then we uh, hear about him burning incense once and that's about it. I I just really, I really enjoyed the image of him like praying to a statue of Buddha and then like getting up and angrily <laughs> slamming the door in her face. Also that he changed his name to like Japanese name or whatever. Yeah, oh my God, bro. <laughs> I'm honestly struggling to think of I know. it. There was literally nothing in this book. I'm sorry. I don't know why it was an entire novel because nothing happened. There was just, yeah, there's so much stuff where I was, like, expecting, like, I was expecting more to come out of the fact that they both had spring break at opposite times, like, there's just a lot of stuff happening where I was like, okay, this is gonna lead to something, and then the author was like, nope, I'm just throwing all this shit in here for, like, no reason, I'm like, cool, like, the entire ski trip that she went on, and then that Leanna went on an archaeological dig, I'm like, why? Like, was it to keep them apart? But that didn't create any additional drama for them because their relationship was fine through that. So what was the fucking point of that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Although, okay, hold on. I've got to bring it up because I quite enjoyed this. Um, nothing to do with the actual novel itself, <laughs> but it's in the acknowledgements at the end. <laughs> it starts with this. None of my crazy career choices would have been possible without the love and encouragement of my partner, blah, blah, blah. When I told her I quit my very high-paying tech job today to become a writer, she said, okay, have you ever written anything? I said, poof, no, but look at all the books out there. How hard can it be? Like, I'm feeling that this book was so long because she was (laughs) literally just filling pages. I I don't want to slate Julianne Peters as a writer, but... (laughs) <laughs> you might want to keep on working out. Was this her first book? Holy shit, nice. She's been writing for 25 oh, years. Oh, awkward. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> Come on, after 25 years, though, you should have known that at this point, just filling pages is not good. You would think, though, that, like, you know, the editor would go through and be like, hey, this is a good, like, plot point here. Why don't you write more about this? Like... I blame the editors as much as the author. Yes, I agree. That's also something we do a lot on this podcast. But, you know, <laughs> it's fair. Editors are there to quality check and be like, hey, maybe you should not do this. I feel like one day we're going to meet one of these editors <laughs> and we're going to have some explaining to do. 
at some point, I know, I just, I can sense this podcast coming back to bite us in the ass. Like, one of us is going to be interviewing for a job at some publishing company, and they'll be like, so, you called us racist <laughs> in your podcast once, and I'm going to be like, well, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> Well, we can only cross our fingers that by the time we're interviewing for a job, they'll, like, look back, they'll listen to this, and they'll be like, you know what, they were right. <laughs> we are racist cunts. <laughs> of course, they maybe talk to us when we are famous at a in which case, like, <laughs> we were right about you. <laughs> I feel like we're running out of things to talk about. No, and there's already a big chunk <laughs> we're gonna have to cut out. Coffee and oh my goodness! <laughs> I just realised that no one's gonna get that reference when we cut it out. But you know what, guys? We're saving our brilliant ideas. So just wait for it. When it comes out, you can buy a copy and see what we were talking about. Yeah, you'll you'll know in a few months when we're. We're world famous. <laughs> what did you guys think of the whole setup with. Not setup, I guess. With her parents and, like, especially her mom being an obstetrician. Obs, the, 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 um, but her mom being a baby doctor <laughs> and her little brother being having all those health problems and then just kind of being a baby and then almost killing him like why I got so confused right because at first I was like okay so was he also premature because I think it was mentioned that he mm -hmm. was and then we found out about her job and I couldn't understand why I mean I know it could happen in real life but I didn't understand narratively why she would have this woman who deals with premature babies you know also having one herself unless there was going to be some link there and then I thought, is he really ill? Because they mentioned him being ill. But then it turns out that he just had like normal baby illnesses and was fine. And I couldn't understand how it all came together because it was just confusing. I don't understand why she chose these different elements and put them together if there was nothing more to come of it. I just felt like, like it's one thing to have like when building a character and building a world, it's one thing to be like, okay, so my character has a sick little brother, and this happens, and this happens, and this happens, but if you don't make that inform your character's choices, then why are you including that? Like, if it doesn't serve a particular plot point, and if it doesn't inform the way your character behaves and the way they react to the world, then why are you including it? Because the only thing that Ethan, like, informed of Alex's reactions was that she was afraid of him. And you can't have the cause also be the effect like that's just a circle that doesn't do anything in terms of the plot or the characterization yeah I mean I thought that there were some nice moments um because I know there was like the one story that the mother tells Alex or whatever like it was a nice moment but I mean yeah it wasn't really like the fact that she was a obstetrician or whatever wasn't really yeah it didn't really like change anything or like wasn't really that important so yeah I agree with what you said like it was just like all these like random like facts that were kind of like thrown in like the fact that Leanna's father did like the archaeological stuff and it's like 
and then it went nowhere. Like it wasn't really important to anything. I feel I do feel like um, Alex's mother being an obstetrician. Um, I feel like there was definitely some couple moments of very like heavy-handed, like parallels about death and dying and like sudden death and that worked in, but I don't think it worked. I think it, the attempt was made. I think it was very mm-hmm. blatant, but I don't think it worked. I think it would have yeah. been a lot more interesting if, um, like it's mentioned that her mum knows a lot of counsellors. If her mum was a counsellor and her mum had maybe dealt with teenagers who had, mm-hmm. you know, uh, thought about taking their own life, for example, because that's that's something you can work with more in terms of young people dying than, oh, babies die. I mean, yeah, but it's not quite the same as a 16 or 17 year old keeling over one day. It was, yeah, it was clumsy, like you said. And the worst thing was, it felt like her looking after Ethan, um, like, maybe was supposed to view it as her becoming more responsible post-Swanee, but then she gets a car, basically, it's implied, she gets this car because she's helping out more, and it's like, that's your payoff, you you become closer with your family, you, uh, you know, you're starting to become a, a better person and your payoff is oh here here's a car this <laughs> cheapens it yeah a bit <laughs> there's also um the whole thing where liana is holding the fo- her um nephew in her photo and alex twice is like oh is that your baby or like wonders when she first sees the photo if that's her baby and then like when she is talking to her about the it is like oh is it yours I don't know, I just thought, like, the entire thing with, like, especially all the infants in it, and I'm like, these girls are, like, in their last year of high school, or second to last year of high school, so, like, for uh, Alex and Ethan, that's a huge fucking age gap, and just for Liana, I don't know, I don't know what I was supposed to take away from that, was it supposed to be something, like, that Liana was really good with kids, is it supposed to be, like, queer people can have babies? I don't know, I don't really know what I was... (laughs) supposed to be getting out of that yeah I was assuming it was going to be something along the lines of oh I can probably have kids when I'm older you know this is a a thing we can do Uh, but no (laughs) nothing came of it Mm -hmm. like so many things in this book it went nowhere I found it odd that she would think that the the baby in the picture was Leanna's that would never be my but first maybe, thought. I don't know. Yeah. Seeing a teenager, like, like as a teenager, a baby, I would assume <laughs> that it was like a cousin or a babysitting thing, or like whatever. Like, yeah. Generally, your first thought is not teenage mother, unless the baby <laughs> looks exactly like them. Like, <laughs> just an interesting leap. Yeah, I think. I mean, <laughs> does this say something about where I live? That <laughs> like I wouldn't completely rule out the idea that she could have been this kid's mom, but the fact that Alex has a little baby brother, surely her mind should have gone to first, you know, especially I'm pretty sure this is after she's found out Leanne's got a big family, mm-hmm. so surely her first thought should be, oh, it's a little brother. Yeah. That's the thing, is that like, I know a lot of girls who had babies when they were in high school, um, so like, it's not like that's something where I'm like, teenagers having children that never happens in real life obviously it does but yeah given the like 
context of Alex's own life that she would see this girl and be like, is it her baby? I'm like, are you assuming that because she's Mexican? It's pretty racist, Alex. Mm. It's pretty racist. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Speaking of, what was that whole thing with Swanee implying that Joss is racist and then Alex being like, Joss, what do you have against Hispanics? Nothing. Okay. Like, <laughs> is that it? <laughs> is that the entire thing? I mean, I think our takeaway was supposed to be that it was another part of Swanee being, like, really manipulative to everyone around her, including Joss. Um, and, like, her trying to stop Joss and any of her girlfriends from ever being close enough to, like, disrupt any of the relationships that she had. Um, I can't remember where I was going with this. Started a sentence and I I don't remember what the (laughs) ending was going to (laughs) be. Yeah, no, that's what I thought too. I just figured that it was meant to show, like, that Swanee yeah, it was, like, lying and manipulating um, to, to keep Liana from, like, getting close to Joss, even though, because, like, I guess, like, Joss was the only person in her family that Liana had met, so she had to keep the, like, keep the lies and, like, keep everything straight somehow, I guess, keep Liana from getting closer to her family or whatever. Yeah, just just in terms of her, of Alex being, like, hey, Joss, you racist? And Joss being like, no, and Alex being like, okay. Um, I mean, like, really, you're gonna take that? That's how you're gonna establish if someone's racist or not? Like, most people are gonna say no if you're like, are you racist? Even if they are, they're still gonna be like, I'm not racist, I have black friends. Um, I found You would expect her to say, like, why would you... Like, why would you think that? Like, why are you asking? Like, yeah. anything besides just, like, no, I'm not racist. Like, okay. <laughs> I found Alex quite a few times. There was quite a few times where she, like, took stuff at face value where I was like, really? You're not... You're just, like, someone just says... Like, it was never stuff where people were lying to her, but she would just... People would just say stuff, and she's like, okay. And I'm like, really? Nothing? No questioning of that? All right. <laughs> Alright, so taking this conversation in a completely different direction again because I forgot to mention this earlier and it was another thing when I was like, oh, you're just not addressing this. <laughs> the fact that Alex's mum just, you know, happily drugged her at the start. Oh my god. She's she's crying because <laughs> her girlfriend's dead, which is fair. It implies she just cried and then, you know, ended up going to sleep and then you find out that her mum somehow slipped her a drug. Just, here's a sedative. <laughs> Is that okay? Do people do that? <laughs> uh, I found that entire opening bit quite confusing. I had trouble tracking what was going on because I didn't understand that it was the next day, and I was yes, I was same. really not understanding that it had been a day since that since she found out. And then yeah, she's like, one that she immediately was like, "Mom, you drugged me," and her mom's like, "Yeah, I did." And I'm like, "Has this happened before?" <laughs> 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 and then she makes a joke later on about um, drugging her little brother, basically, and her mum gets up at him. Well, it run in the family. <laughs> and I'm like, I learned it from you, mom. I learned it from watching you. 
I kind of liked how the family had kind of like a, a twisted sense of humor, like how she was like telling her dad that she was going to go sharpen knives or whatever. <laughs> I was like, that's something I would like joke around with, like how, like how I would joke around with my own family. <laughs> no, definitely. I really enjoyed that sort of banter that they had, and it was very, yeah, similar to what I think a lot of families have with each other. But I found it very strange that she, like, set up this dynamic where she's like, oh, the father and the daughter aren't very close, and they, like, have a weirdly tense relationship. And then she has all this, like, really, like, great banter between her and her dad specifically, and I'm like, but they seem really tight, and this seems like a really good relationship, so I don't understand why you're trying to be like, it's not all that it seems, and then never address it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Silence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. <laughs> I agree. This entire book feels like there was so much more that could be done and instead it was just pages and pages of texting and uh, I hope I see you soon and then seeing each other and nothing happening and the more texting, I hope I see you. I feel like we just have like really really high expectations for like everything that we read. Because I feel like this is, like, what we say every time. We're like, but they could have done, like, this. They could have done this. You know, why didn't they address that point? <laughs> I don't think it's high expectations to hope that something actually happens in a book. <laughs> 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 Nothing happens. Um, that's an unreasonable expectation, Candice. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we have to challenge it, guys. Otherwise, we're just going to have books that are just people sitting there going I hope I see you soon and then they see each other and eat burgers and nothing happens and then it repeats over <laughs> and over again for 300 pages <laughs> we have to nip this in the bud I also enjoyed the like really specific shout outs to certain fast food chains I wonder if like stuff like that will ever be outdated like I mean obviously not McDonald's but like Chipotle or whatever like, one day people will be like, what the hell is Chipotle? <laughs> I feel like that's going to be so far in the future that, like, it'll be questionable <laughs> if books even exist anymore. <laughs> I have to admit, I did have to Google one thing in this entire book, and that was, what is a Merry Widow? <laughs> I didn't know that was a name for them. And I was like, okay. oh, I didn't look it up. I wonder no, if what I'm, I'm picturing is what it is, though. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to look it up. I was picturing something like really weird or um, distasteful and then it's like, oh, it's just like normal underwear stuff. I was just picturing like a bustier. Is that? Yeah. Oh yeah, that's exactly what I was picturing. Also when she was like, yeah, my boobs were out and my butt was out, I was like, do you mean literally or did you mean just like it was pushing it up? Because if it was, <laughs> they were out, they shouldn't be and you probably shouldn't have bought it. I definitely didn't know that that's what those are called. So, you know, you learn something new every day. I also really enjoy that the Google image search for a Merry Widow is, like, mostly modern lingerie, but, like, also some, like, <laughs> random, like, Victorian women. I was expecting it to be something really weird, though, given the context of the conversation. Because they seem to find it kind of funny to start with. Like... I think the humor might just come from the leopard print. Oh, fair. Fair. I don't think Victoria's Secret sells too many really weird things. <laughs> I also really enjoy that they went to Hooters. That was such a, like, 
adorable moment. <laughs> that was. Like, we're gonna go at Hooters and stare at breasts. I'm like, you do you, boo. <laughs> <laughs> adorable old baby gays. Like I said at the start, that was the only bit of the book I liked, their relationship. Oh, I was like, them being at Hooters? <laughs> that would be a weird book. <laughs> if that was the only thing I could find to like, it would have to be a really bad book. Candice is like, my favourite scene is always any scene in any book that takes place in a Hooters, I automatically love. <laughs> Now I'm just going to be waiting for the next book where that happens. <laughs> I'm going to find like, one. I'm going to Google this and I'll find one. Find one. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you don't tell me it's coming up. <laughs> and I'm just like, huh. <laughs> and then you'll be like, that was my favorite part of this whole book. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to write a book just for you, Candice. <laughs> dedicate it to you. It's going to take place entirely at Hooters. <laughs> And irony is that in real life, I'm like, that place seems like a pit of hell. I've only been to Hooters once, and it was like, it's at a casino. And I went in, and I was like, it was like so dark, and like all the, I don't know, it just feels like you're like in a basement. I was like, yeah, I feel like I'm in like a basement watching sports, and like all the like lights had basketball hoops dangling from them, I was like, this is bizarre. <laughs> this is the most American story you've ever told us. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, that was my Hooters experience. Never I went with my mom. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, their food isn't terrible. It's edible. Low bar. <laughs> Shall we wrap it up? Yes. Although I don't, I really don't know how to seek into an ending at that point. <laughs> well, we can give our star ratings. We can do. So how far yeah. has everyone's star rating plummeted over the course <laughs> of us discussing this? <laughs> I feel like that always happens too. Like I start up here and then it's like... Mm, two stars. <laughs> two stars. Yeah, I think I'm gonna have to go with two stars. <laughs> Oh, look at us. We're all unanimous. I mean, I liked parts of it, but there was definitely, like, a whole lot of it that just should have been expanded upon, or, like, directions it could have gone that would have made it a lot better. So that's my consensus. Or just cut out. It could have been cut out. We could have had a novella. <laughs> had to read a whole book for that little tiny amount of story. Slightly bitter. Anyway. Uh, so, next week, we are... Ooh, ooh, ooh! Next week, we're reading something different. We are reading Nimona by Noelle Stevenson. Yeah. So, Yasuna, do you want to tell us something about that? Because that's a bit of a change for us. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited that we're reading this book. So I've read it before, um, but Candice and Lindsay haven't. So I'm really excited to sh that you guys are going to read it. I originally read it, so she originally published it as a webcomic, and then it was published um, as a graphic novel. Um... So, by HarperCollins. There we go. Looking for a date. So yeah, it was originally a webcomic, and then uh, HarperCollins published it as a graphic novel. Um, so yeah, that's what we're going to be reading next week. Nimona is an impulsive young shapeshifter with a knack for villainy. 
Lord Ballister Blackheart is a villain with a vendetta. As sidekick and supervillain, Nimona and Lord Blackheart are about to wreak some serious havoc. Their mission? Prove to the kingdom that Sir Ambrosius Goldenloin and his buddies at the Institution of Law Enforcement and Heroics aren't the heroes everyone thinks they are. But as small acts of mischief escalate into a vicious battle, Lord Blackheart realizes that Nimona's powers are as murky and mysterious as her past, and her unpredictable wild side might be more dangerous than he is willing to admit. So, that's going to be fun. I'm so excited for you guys to read it! I'm quite looking forward to it. Yeah, so, that's next week, and then we are about to go and try and find more books to review afterwards because we've run out of books on our schedule so um, yeah hope you guys have some suggestions yeah especially if there's any that have a scene at Hooters for candies (laughs) if any of you guys know any YA books with scenes at Hooters add us on Twitter (laughs) at nice young people and let us know what those are this wasn't supposed to become a thing anyway we're going now (laughs) Thanks for listening and goodbye. Bye. Bye.